Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. What is up? Come on. Woo! It is good to be back home. Wow. Yeah, anybody excited for a word from God today? No, I said, is anybody excited for a word from God? You better be. You better be. I know Keith told you to buckle in. I'm telling you, take the seatbelt, throw them away. We're going to get crazy today. If you don't know me, my name is Monty. I was actually raised up at Celebrate Church. And I'm now, my family and I now live in Omaha. We were one of the church plants that was sent out. We're part of Meadows Church now, but... Man, it is good to be back. And uh, hey, we, I want to welcome everybody watching online, listening, whether it's live or maybe you're watching two years from now. I don't know. But can, who knows? I don't know. Can you give it up for everybody watching online? We give it up for you. We thank you. We're excited that you're part of us. But I'll tell you something. For everybody watching, listening, I'm going to speak directly to you right now. You, you do miss out on something when you're not at the gathering. I'm just being honest. I'm not, I'm just telling you straight up. I'll be, gotta be, I'm a pastor. I gotta be honest. You are missing out on something. There's something powerful that happens when we gather together. Am I right? I mean, there is an energy that you maybe don't feel out there that we're feeling in here right now. Amen. So, so, and, and plus there are perks. There are perks when we gather together, right? Like, like after the, after the message, everybody here, they're getting Cold Stone ice cream. See, you're not getting that, right? I'm just kidding. You're not getting Cold Stone. Sorry. But, but where's Pastor Keith? I don't know where Pastor Keith's at. But uh, that's a good idea, though, right? right? Jesus got people with food. We'll get people with food. I, uh, I want to I thank Pastor Keith for allowing me to come back and just be with you today, celebrate with you, bring a word from God. Yeah, give it up for your pastor. Give it up for my pastor. Well, here's what's crazy. The message today, it was inspired by something that Pastor Keith said to me. It's something that he said to us as church planters. This is a few years ago before we planted Meadows in Omaha. And me and a few other planters were in the room. And Keith is with us. And one of the guys asked Keith a question. They asked him, Pastor Keith, if you could go back like 22 years and do it all over again, uh, what would you do differently? Okay. And, and, and here, and as a planter that's getting ready to go out, I am leaning in because I'm like, okay, give me the good stuff. I, I got to know everything I need to know. Well, I, is it something about outreach? Did you do a certain outreach event, event that really got people? Did you do like a campaign? Was there, was there, was it, was it regarding how many services you did? Whatever. And I'm just wondering what's, what's the gold he's going to give. And here's what he said. He didn't even hesitate. Here's what he said. I would pray more. He said, we would pray more. And I thought to myself, that, that was not what I expected to hear. Like, because you know a lot of prayer went into this. You don't, God is not going to build something like this without, a, without prayer going into it. That will not happen. So you know that prayer happened. But now that, I, now that I'm in it, Pastor Keith would always say, you know, you're, you're, there's some things you don't know until you're in it. And, and after I got into the church plant and we went to Omaha and we planted meadows, oh my God, I understood what he was saying. Prayer. I mean, pray more. I find myself praying all the time. And my number one prayer to God after planting meadows church is like, God, you got me into this mess. You better see me through it. I mean, I kid you not. I tell him straight up, God, I need you. You know, I, uh, so, but that inspired this message. Like, so let me, let me start with a question for you. And I want you to participate by raising a hand if this applies to you. Online, I need the hand raise emoji in the comments if this applies to you. And I'll prompt you up front. This is going to apply to most of you. So I should probably see almost every hand up in the air. But here's the question when it comes to praying more. How many of you have ever prayed any prayer at all? Raise your hand. You've ever prayed? Yeah. Uh, almost every hand is up and it should be. Even if it's the old prayer before the meal, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God. I don't care. That counts. That counts. So yes, you, you prayed a prayer. But, but can, we, can we get real? Like, 
Praying a prayer is one thing, but praying with other people, that's a whole nother thing. And Christians, I'm just going to say it because I see it. We get weird sometimes when we pray. I mean, I had a guy come up to me and ask me if he could pray for me. And I knew him. I'd had conversations with him. He had never prayed for me in this capacity. But I was like, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll take all the prayer I get. You can pray for me. So, and I knew him, but he never prayed for me. Like I said, and a transformation happened when he started to pray. Like, like he left and some other dude showed up. It was weird. Like, because all of a sudden he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, he changed. Like, it was all, all of a sudden it was like, Father God! In the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And I was like, who in the heck is this guy? I'm like, where did the one dude go there? I, was, I mean, he just, his, his personality, everything changed. It was weird. And what's even worse is when you get in prayer circles with other people. Because I'll guarantee you, when you get in a prayer circle with other people, and a lot of times you hold hands, you know, when you're praying together, and you, you're either going to get beside one of two people. One, either the person's going to have that hand that's kind of like, you know, a dead fish. It's kind of like a, a, a chicken breast that's uncooked, you know. It, it's just, this is there. Or you're going to get on the other side of things, and you're going to be by somebody, and they're going to show you how powerful they are. I mean, the power of the Holy Spirit's in them, and they're just going to just give you a death grip. Well, I had that experience. I kid you not. When, when I was in a recovery meeting, that's right. Yeah, I'm the pastor with the past, right? So yeah, after rehab the second time, I went twice because it was that fun. So after rehab the second time, I was in a recovery meeting and at these recovery meetings, you, you close in prayer. Well, we circled up for this particular one. You don't for all of them, but this one you did. We circle up and I'm fresh out of rehab. So, so we circle up and who do I get? It wasn't dead fish guy. It was, I had on both sides of me, I had like Hans and Franz, right? I mean, so I'm like, whatever. So, you know, I just was there. I'm just like, just trying to stay sober. And so they're, they're gripping my hands. Like I'll never get away. And of course the guy leading the prayer. Oh my God. Why is the guy leading the prayer? Always got to pray for like 14 minutes. I'm like, seriously, Captain Pharisee. So he's, so he's, I'm like, this is never going to end. So they're squeezing my hands. This guy's leading a prayer that won't end. And my nose starts to drip. So, and I can't get away from Hans and Franz. You know that. So I'm, they're holding my hands. And all of a sudden it gets down to the tip of my nose. I'm like, <laughs> so pretty soon I'm like. <sighs> and I'm looking around and it's bad. So I'm like. <sighs> now as a drug addict, you keep doing. <sighs> people are going to start to wonder. Okay. You get a little self-conscious. So I stopped doing that. And I said, whatever, I'm just going to let it go. Because he's still praying and I don't know what to do. So all of a sudden, drip, drip, and there's a puddle forming. And I'm like, but what do you want me to do? I can't get away. I mean, I guess I could have done the old farmer blow, like, and just let it go. I mean, they say they welcome everybody. We'll find out, right? So it... It was unbelievable. We, people are weird when we pray together. So, but, but let me, I'm going to ask you one more question. And the question is this. You all basically told me that you prayed at one point or another in your life. Um, hand raised again and online, the hand raised emoji. If you have ever been frustrated in prayer, frustrated with prayers, for whatever reason, you pray and you get frustrated. Yeah, I'd say at least half the hands went up. I have too. See, I, I want to, like, I'm going to share with you to kick this off. I'm going to share with you some of the number one reasons I've gotten frustrated about praying. And I'll guarantee you this. I'll guarantee you that you will resonate with at least one of these. You have felt this. You have thought this. You have sensed this. You got frustrated in this way. I mean, I think we're I'm even going to list them on the screen for you. But prayer, one of the frustrations for a lot of people is prayer is repetitive. Say repetitive. It's repetitive. Like, we learn prayers as a kid. We pray the same prayer sometimes, you know, the prayers that we all memorize. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep finished with me. If I should die before I wake, right? I pray the Lord my soul to take. Why are we praying that with our children? You're scaring us, okay? I don't want to die. And I certainly don't want someone taking my soul somewhere. So anyway, no wonder I can't sleep. Uh, so, but, but we, we learn these repetitive prayers. Now, I grew, up, I grew up in a Catholic environment, 
And one of the things that we did as a tradition is we would pray the rosary. Anybody familiar with that? You ever? Yeah, some of you are. So, so the rosary, you're praying prayer after prayer, and it's the same prayer like 10 times in a row. So, I mean, it's just, you talk about repetitive, it's over and over. And I, as a kid, I didn't ask questions. I was like, whatever, maybe this is just what you do. I don't know, maybe something happens when you get to like prayer number eight, and all of a sudden God's like, that's the one. Come on, angels, let's go. You know, I don't know. So, but it can be repetitive, and you wonder, am I just going through the motions? Another frustration, is anyone listening? Like, I pray to you, God. Sometimes I even pray out loud, like in my car, and I don't know if I just look like a moron, like I'm talking to myself here. I don't know if you're there. Like, are you even listening to what I'm saying? Have you ever felt that frustration? I have. What about this? I don't know what to pray about. It's like, okay, I've, I prayed for my family. I prayed for the country. I, I prayed for our health. I prayed for uh, our community. I pray for these things, but then I run out of things to pray for. Like, I get a little jealous, okay? Because sometimes people will, will, will come up to me and they'll be like, oh, my prayer time this morning was amazing. Like, I, was, I went into my little prayer closet and I prayed to the Lord and we had this conversation for like three hours. And I'm, and I'm a pastor. And I'm like, three hours? I'm like, I, if I went into a prayer room for three hours, there better be a TV, okay? Otherwise, I can't, I can't do that. I can't pray. Three hours? What do you talk about? Like, I don't know what to pray about. The next one is probably my biggest one for me. And this won't surprise you. I have a hard time focusing. <laughs> Squirrel, right? I, uh, I, I do. You, you are, come on, you're with me. Have you ever started to pray? And you're praying a prayer and pretty soon you're, you're thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. It's like, uh, how'd this happen? You know, I'm writing a prayer list. Pretty soon it's my shopping, my grocery list. I don't know. I, and I have the best intentions. Like, I will, uh, <laughs> I will, I'm, uh, so the Israelites, they would pray like pretty methodically. They'd pray, like a Jew would play, pray morning, midday, and evening. Like, and then probably in between. Well, I, I tried to do that. Like, I literally tried to, I'm gonna, I said, I'm going to pray mornings. I'm going to pray in the middle of the day. I'm going to go to God at night. Now, I've always been good about going to God in the morning. I've been pretty good about that. And even in the evening, laying in bed, it's always kind of a habit for me to go to God. But the midday is where I would lose focus. I, the midday is where I was really had to become disciplined because it was hard. And I'd be like, I'd be gone, right? And I would start good. I'd be like, God, I'm coming to you and it's the middle of the day, Father. It is like we are, we are in the middle of the afternoon. God, you can say through this day that we are halfway there. Father, and I, Father, I am coming to you in prayer. God, would you, God, would you take my hand and God will make it, I swear. Whoa, living on a prayer. Pretty soon the spirit of Bon Jovi takes over and I'm singing carpool karaoke. I don't know. I don't know how this happens. I just, I'm off in left field somewhere. How about praying out loud? People can get frustrated, intimidated by praying out loud. Who here has that fear? Like you don't like to pray out loud. Like, it's okay, you can raise your hand. Like, like you, sir, you, you're scared to pray out loud. Okay, come up here for a second. We're gonna have you like pray. I'm just kidding. He's like, he about pooped his pants. But anyway, so. <laughs> praying out loud can be intimidating. But let's go to a more serious note. What about the biggest frustration that you have and that I have? I already know what it is. You, you don't even need to tell me. I go to God and I'll pray a prayer and he don't answer. Like, God, I prayed for you to bring somebody into my life. Like, I try to follow you. I'm here at church. I'm reading the word of God. I'm seeking you, but I'm lonely and I need a significant other. I want somebody in my life to do life with, but I'm still single. God, I have gone to you. I prayed to you about a situation to turn around. You know what's going on at work. You know what's going on with the kids. But the more I pray to you, the worse it seems to get. Or what about the sickness, right? God, I prayed that they would get better. Guess what, God? They're not getting better. They're getting worse. In fact, they're gone. So, so I don't know. And by the way, God, since we're getting real, you and I about prayer, what about this? Why am I even going to you anyway? If you already know the outcome... If you already know my heart, what is the, even the purpose of prayer, right? Do me a favor. Turn to two people and say, what's the purpose? Ask your neighbor, what's the purpose? Online, type in the comments, what's the purpose? 
What are we doing if prayer, I mean, it's so powerful, it's such a big, what is the purpose of it? And then you hear these stories, though, don't you? You hear about God showing up. You hear the person say, oh my God, I prayed the prayer, and the person was healed. I prayed the prayer, and the situation did turn around. I prayed the prayer, we kept praying, we were persistent, and, and we finally got what we were asking. You hear these stories about prayer and the purpose. Like, I'm going to be straight up with you. I believe we are in a pivotal moment. Pivotal. Not just in our world, and we are. Not just in our country, and we are. Not just in the church, and we are. But, but I'll be so bold to tell you that you are in a pivotal area of your life. Like, like God has positioned you here today, specifically, like watching online. He, he orchestrated this day thousands of years ago. This is a pivotal moment for you. I believe it with all my heart. See, for somebody here, this is actually going to be a breakthrough moment. It is going to be a breakthrough moment. And you might be thinking to yourself, what do you mean breakthrough moment? I mean, you're talking about prayer. God doesn't show up and answer my prayers. God, I'm not getting the results that I'm asking for. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, even though you didn't bring that up. But I'll tell you this. Breakthrough. Say breakthrough. 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 See, breakthrough doesn't happen when your prayer gets answered. Breakthrough happens when your prayer gets prayed. Okay, I'm going to say that again, and I hope you own it. See, it was never about the answer. Breakthrough happens not when your prayer gets answered, but when your prayer gets prayed. This is so huge. I'll guarantee you this. God will not answer 100% of the prayers that you don't pray. Guaranteed. That is a guarantee. Breakthrough. I, I love that. So, see, the disciples and Jesus, the, the disciples wanted breakthrough. And one day they went to Jesus asking him about it. They went to Jesus asking him something. Just like we asked Pastor Keith that day, Pastor, what would you do differently? They went to Jesus and they asked him a question. In Luke 11.1, 1, once Jesus was praying in a certain place, as he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John, talking about John the Baptist, just as John taught his disciples. Okay, now think about this for a second. Lean into this. Of all the things that they could ask the Savior of the world to teach them. Okay, Jesus is the greatest leader who's ever led. But they don't say, Jesus, teach us to lead like you lead. We want to lead the conferences. Oh, Jesus, we want to learn to do that. They didn't ask that. Jesus, the greatest communicator and teacher that's ever taught, but they don't go to Jesus. Jesus teaches how to deliver a message that captivates the audience, just like you did for that like Sermon on the Mount thing that was so good. People were so engaged. They don't ask Jesus to teach them how to teach. Jesus would touch people and they would be healed. But yet they don't, they don't say, Jesus, enroll me in that class. You know, Healing 101, I want to take that. I want to learn that. They don't ask that. Like, I'll be straight with you. Back in the day, if I had to ask Jesus something, I'd have been like, Jesus, you know that whole, like, water in the wine trick? Can you, like, show me that? Man, I would be like, it would be, I'd be the, I'd be the hit at the party. <laughs> what would you ask Jesus? They ask him about prayer. I find that so interesting. And, he, and here's, what, here's the key. Jesus answers them, which, you know what that tells me? They asked a wise question. Jesus didn't say, well, why would you ask me about prayer when you could have asked me about this or that? He doesn't say that. No, no, no. Jesus answers the question. In other words, you asked wisely. So Jesus, and here's what else is crazy. See, God has been showing me things in Scripture that I never saw before. If you're not in the Word of God, can I encourage you to just start? It will change you. So I'm reading this, and you know what hit me? They said, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Okay, this is John the Baptist. Now, when I think about John the Baptist, I don't immediately think, John, oh, his prayer life was amazing. I don't even, I don't even, they don't even really talk about, I mean, I think of a guy that wore like camel hair, right? I think of a guy that ate bugs in the wilderness, a dude that was like yelling and telling people to repent and baptizing people. I don't think about John's prayer life, but obviously he had one because they're talking about it to Jesus. Here's what's crazy about John the Baptist. I did a little research for you. 
That's how much I love you. So, they remember John for his prayer. This is John the Baptist, by the way. I wrote it down. John, so godly that he was filled with the Holy Spirit before he was born. you got to read the scriptures. In the womb, he's in his mother's womb and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the one that like would usher the Messiah into his ministry and baptize the Savior of the world. And yet he prayed. Jesus himself, what did he say about John the Baptist? Jesus said, of all who have ever lived, this is something else that's in the word of God. You're learning something huge. Who's, who's the greatest person that ever lived? Okay, it's not Kanye, all right? I'm, it's not in there. So it's, it's John the Baptist. Jesus said, of all who have ever lived, no one is greater than John the Baptist. Not Abraham, not Moses. Isn't that nuts? This is how, this is how big John the Baptist was in his ministry and in his walk with Jesus. Yet John is known for his prayer life. It, it blows me away. So if John had to pray like that, what do you suppose God is trying to tell us? What would that mean for us? But, 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 but John the Baptist, that testimony... That's not even my biggest argument to you today about the power of prayer and the purpose of prayer. I'd say the biggest argument about the purpose of prayer is Jesus Christ himself. That, that, that the man, the, the son of God, this man of God, was a man of prayer. That's insane. Like, do you know up to this point in the story when the, when the disciples came up to Jesus and asked him that question? Up to this point, listen to this. This will blow you away. Jesus, I'll, I'll just give you a few places where Jesus is, is shown praying. Up to this point, Jesus has prayed at his own baptism. You maybe didn't know that, did you? You should read, you should read the baptism story in the Gospel of Luke. You would see that, at, you know, Jesus comes up out of the water. Oh, and the Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. You might know that part. Did you know? Keep reading. Read the fine print. It's, it's not fine print. It's right in there. Jesus was praying as the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. Jesus prays at his baptism. He prayed before he chose the 12 disciples. Jesus prayed as the crowds increased. This is all in the word of God. Jesus, before he asked the 12 for their confession of, of faith, Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed at the, the transfiguration, this, this, this amazing mountaintop moment with, with Peter, James, and John. Plus, the disciples knew that Jesus often went and prayed alone. So what is Jesus doing? Like, Jesus, you don't need to pray. Like, you're, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but you are like God with a bod, right? I mean, you are like God in the flesh. What are you praying about? What do you need to ask God for? It, it's weird that Jesus would pray like that. But I'll tell you this. There is so much more to prayer than God granting your request. There is so much more to it. I wrote it down this way. It's about growing your relationship. It isn't about granting a request so much. It's about growing your relationship. See, the truth is, and this, you're going to love this. The truth is, is that prayer is a gift. Say it's a gift. Yeah. It is. Prayer is a gift from God to you. Did you know that? Prayer is like God giving you this gift and saying, I desperately want to connect with you. I desperately want to engage with you. So I'm going to give you this gift. It's, it's like when, when, when my siblings and I, it's like when we gave my mom a gift for Christmas. It, 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 it wasn't the gift of prayer. It was a gift of a smartphone because my mom could be difficult to get a hold of. So we, we thought we'd come together and get her a phone so we could engage with her, so we could connect with her. It didn't work so well right away. I'll just be straight up with you. When I, was, when I lived in Sioux Falls, my mom lived across town, and she was coming to our house one day to visit. It should take 25 minutes. About two hours later, she's not there, which is not uncommon for my mom. But, but I thought, you know what? That gift we gave her, this is a good time to check it out, right? So I call that gift, that cell phone, and nobody answers. And I text that cell phone, that gift that we gave her, and nobody responds. And so I can't do anything but wait. About 25 minutes later, my mom pulls up into our driveway, walks up to the door like, like, like it's just a normal day. I'm like, mom, what the heck? I mean, we talked to you two and a half hours ago. Like, where you been? She's like, oh, I just stopped at JCPenney's on the way. And I'm like, 
I said, well, why, why are you like answering my call? Like, why, why didn't you, I, like I called your cell phone, you're not answering. So he's like, oh, I don't take my cell phone with me. <laughs> okay, mom, I'm gonna ask another question now. Why aren't you taking your cell phone with you? And I kid you not, I love my mother, but this was her response. I don't want them tracking me. <laughs> okay, mom. You don't want who tracking you? She said the government. And I said, and then she said they, they, they could track your shopping habits. And I was like, mom, I don't know if the government cares what department of JCPenney's that you're shopping in. I don't know if they're sitting there like, Psh, general, yeah. She just walked into the shoe department. I repeat, the shoe department. Okay, over. I mean, what? Mom, that's not, okay. Bring your cell phone, I'm just saying. She's doing it now, but I tell you what, it took some time. The, 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 that was a gift to her. The, the, the power of prayer, the gift of prayer, that's a gift to you from God. And, and it's not so much so that you can get a result, it's for a relationship. It's, it's the main point of the message today. I've got like one. So it should be easy for you to remember. <laughs> not that you're not smart. You are very smart, okay? As far as you know. So prayer, prayer is not about a result. It's about a relationship. Amen? Prayer is not about a result. It never was. God can give results through prayer. You bet your life he can. He does all the time. But the purpose of prayer, it's not about a result. It's about a relationship. We, we wanted to give our mom the gift because we wanted to connect with her. It was relationship. It's not just asking about what you want. It's not just asking about what we want. It's about connecting with God and asking him how he wants to use us for what he wants. Isn't that interesting? It's, it was never about what you wanted. God, I thank God he hasn't answered a lot of my prayers. I'd be in jail right now if he answered some of my prayers. I kid you not. He, he has saved me from some of my stupid, stupid prayers. Jesus, in fact, it's so much about what God wants that Jesus said this. this. This will blow you away too. Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me. That's what he said. Well, how does Jesus know what the Father tells him? Well, Jesus is connecting with the Father. Okay, I only do what the Father tells me. My question to you is, can you say that? I can't. I'm a pastor. And I can't, I mean, there are many days I do what my dumb self tells me and then the cops come, okay? That's what I do, okay? You're there? So yeah, I've seen you there. We, we had a cell together, didn't we? All right, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Small world. So prayer is not about a result, church. It's about a relationship. It's not about a result, it's about a relationship. The purpose, I'll say it a different way. The purpose of prayer is not to get our will done in heaven. The purpose of prayer is not to get your will or my will done in heaven. The purpose of prayer is to get God's will done on earth. This is why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. That's why we pray it. It isn't, it's not about our will. God's ways are always better. God's plans are always better. So, okay, so speaking of thy will be done, thy kingdom come, Let's look at a prayer for just a moment. It's a prayer that many of you prayed. Many of you, you could recite it like that. We call it the Lord's Prayer. In fact, this is what Jesus taught them. After they said, Jesus, teach us to pray, just like John taught his disciples. This is what he said. Pray like this. Pray like this. So I, here's what I want to do. This is in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. New King James, so there might be a word or two This baby. Different than however you, may, you pray it, but, but can we put it up? Do we have it on the screen? Because we're going to pray together. So just let's pray nice and loud online. I don't care where you're at. You might be sitting on the toilet right now. I don't want to know, but pray this. <laughs> pray this nice and loud. Let's pray it together, church. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
For yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and the glory forever. Amen. You don't have that prayer. You don't have to read more than the first word to learn something. Say our. Jesus didn't teach him to pray. My father who art in heaven. Your father who art in heaven. No, no, no. He said, we pray like our father. In other words, it isn't singular. It's plural. Do you see that? It is plural. What do I mean by that? You can look through the whole, you can look through the whole prayer and see this. Our father, give us this day our daily bread, right? Forgive us, lead us. Deliver us. See, when you pray in the will of God, it never just impacts you. I promise you. When you pray in the will of God, it never just impacts you. It will be a blessing to all God's people everywhere. You should give God praise. Why don't you give God praise for 10 seconds? Because he's listening and he loves when you praise him and he loves when you pray to him and he's worthy. And it's not just about you, but it's about us and more importantly about him. More importantly about him, us, we're in this together. It isn't just you or me, but it's we. And he is at the center. I love that. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's kind of interesting. We don't call it the Lord's Prayer because Jesus prayed it. Do you know that? I doubt Jesus prayed this prayer a whole lot to the Father. Does Jesus ever have to ask for forgiveness? No. No, we call it the Lord's Prayer because Jesus taught us to pray it. That's why it's called the Lord's Prayer. And at the end of the day, remember the main point? Prayer is not about a result. It's about a relationship. And it's personal. Say it's personal. Type in the comments, it's personal. Now we're going to get personal. One, one of the most authentic prayers, I mean, it's all authentic in God's Word, but one of the most, okay, intimate prayers I've ever read or heard about is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus Christ praying to the Father. And listen to what he prays. Now he is ours before going to accomplish what he was sent to do. He's that close now. This is the very end of the ministry on earth. Here's what he says. Luke twenty-two forty-two, Father if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Prayer is not about a result, it's about a relationship. Well, pastor, I don't know. It seems like Jesus there is praying about a result. And if I can get real bold with you, pastor, it's almost like Jesus is praying to the Father to kind of get out of it, right? Right? I mean, take this cup from me. Change, change, change the plan. I want a different result. I would tell you that prayer was nothing but about a relationship. It was all about a relationship to Jesus. Do you know why I can tell you that? Because Jesus, he'd always been connected to the Father. Always. Before, before any of this was here. Before the earth existed in form, Jesus was connected to the Father. So Jesus, hours before going to a cross, he goes to the Father. Do you know why he's crying out? Do you know he's sweating what appears to be drops of blood? It wasn't because he was desperately wanted God to change the result. It was because he was, he was, he was, he was, he was going to lose something with the Father. That's what sin does. You understand that when Jesus went to the cross, he was taking on not just your sin or yours or yours, but, but my, all of ours. So what's that going to do to the relationship? Sin always severs the relationship. It always does. It'll sever your relationships on earth. It'll sever your relationships with your kids. It'll sever, sever your relationships with your spouse, with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers. But, but above and beyond any of that, sin separates you from the Father. Christ Jesus has never been separated from the Father. The relationship is perfect and pure. 
And Christ is in the garden. Now understand, he's fully human. He can relate to us because he's been there. So he's praying. And it's all about, God, I don't, because sin's going to separate him. God can have nothing to do with it. He can't. Well, God can do everything. No, he can't. He cannot be in the presence of sin. It separates us from him. It's not just us. It separated his only son from him. Jesus knew when he was on the cross, that prayer, I don't think it had anything to do with the physical. God, can you think about that? The physical torture that he would go through. I don't, I don't, maybe that was a piece of it. I don't know. I'll ask Jesus when I meet him. I do know it was spiritual. I do know that the Lord Jesus was like, God, I, I don't know what it's going to be like to be away from you. I don't know what it's like to be going to be severed from you. I know that when I take on the sins of, I know that's why I came, but I don't want to lose you. I don't want to be separated from you. And he's hurting and he's struggling. It's always about a relationship. It's so personal. And notice how he started the prayer. Father. How do we start the Lord's prayer? Our father is so personal. I wrote this down and this is huge. True prayer depends on a relationship with God that enables us to call him father. So, so true prayer, authentic prayer, the relationship has to be there. It, it has to be. That's how you can go to God in prayer. <laughs> okay. In talking about Father, it, it can bring, I mean, I get it. It can bring up a lot of emotions, right? Father's Day coming up here. And even when I say Father, the reality is this. You all have an earthly father or had an earthly father. Every one of you. Some of you knew him, some of you didn't. Some of you, you might, the word comes to mind might be good, might be bad, might be pain, might be hurt, disappointment. We all have these feelings that can erupt in us even by bringing up that, that personal term, Father, it's, it's personal. It's, it's intimate. I, I grew up in a, a family. I'm the youngest of six. And we grew up in a farm outside of a small town. And uh, we, uh, well, I got a picture. My sister sent me this picture. This is my mom and my dad sitting on a, uh, a bale or a hay bales. You know who stacked those hay bales? I have no idea. I just hope it wasn't me. So seriously, I mean, they probably was though. But so that's a kind of a grainy picture, best we had of my mom and my dad. So like when I think about my dad, I don't have a whole lot. Like there's not a lot of memories because my, my father passed away when I was 10. So, and he was young too. And so, I mean, many of you got all kinds of emotions. I don't have a whole lot because I don't remember a whole lot. I, I put a post out recently, and I don't talk a lot about it, not because I'm embarrassed or anything, but just because I don't have a lot to tell. I mean, like, I don't remember a whole lot. I, th that night, I remember, like, we were in, in the small town at a, a spring pageant. It was May, so it was like this time of year. You know, school's getting done, you know, and uh, so most of us were in town, and we were getting in the car, and we uh, saw the ambulance leave town and head out. We're like, well, that's Whatever, that's nothing uncommon. What was uncommon, though, is it was driving all, it's like 10 plus miles down the highway, and we just followed it. Lights were on, and okay, that's maybe not so weird, right? But then it turned down the gravel road we lived down, and we followed it. And I was like, okay, this is weird. I wonder if something happened in the neighborhood or to our neighbors, whatever. Well, it wasn't our neighbors. It turned into our driveway. And then we turned it in our driveway, and I don't remember hardly anything. I, I remember cars were there, though. It was weird. Like, I'm pretty sure when I walked in the house, there was already people there, I think. I think. Like, I think there was a woman there, like, washing our dishes. It's, like, amazing how people come together, like, during a crisis. I don't even, it's like these angels just, like, show up. And I, I just remember, no clue what was going on. I sit by the, the, the dinner table. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and it's just like, it's just, again, like a blur, kind of. And I, I, I'm sitting there, and I look over to the... Uh, the living room, kind of adjacent, and I see my dad laying on the floor with a blanket over him. And, uh, and as I'm sitting in the chair, this is the part I do remember. And my mom walked up to me and she kind of kneeled at me like this. And she looked me right in the eyes. And she put her hands on my, on my, uh, on my legs and she said, she said, your dad is gone. And I don't, it was, again, I just sat there, I'm like, 
And the only thing I could think of is, I don't have a dad anymore. That's all I thought. And as I sat there, uh, boy, I'll tell you this. So the earthly dad was gone in my case. But I am so grateful. I had a mother that loved me and my siblings so much that she would do whatever it takes to connect us to our Heavenly Father. Parents, I'll speak to you for a minute in the room. Your biggest responsibility, take it from, take it from me. Your biggest responsibility isn't that your kids would be a great soccer player, that they would make it to the major leagues. I mean, be honest, your kid ain't that good. He ain't going to make it to the major leagues anyway. Come on, just, let's just call it what it is. That, you know, e e even to, to play that instrument, though I always wish I could, or to be that great student, we want that, but that's not the most important thing. That they, are, they have good friends, we want that, but that's not even the most important thing. Your number one priority as a parent is to point your children to Jesus Christ. Number one. Number one, yeah. Your number one priority, parents, point your children to Jesus. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not a victim of what happened to me. Listen to me. I tell you my story, and you've been through way worse than me, many of you. So I'm, it's not like I'm up here thinking I'm all, oh, poor me. I just think, thank God my mom was there pointing me to something better. But these emotions that come up, these emotions that come up when we talk about father, I wrote this down. It's about, prayer is about us pursuing our father. Prayer is about you pursuing the father. But what if God is also pursuing you? See, this didn't just happen. The, the, the world didn't just come to be. Like, something created this. Something put this all together. Someone, I said, what if it's personal? What if he does listen? What if he truly does care? A wise man once told me, he summed up the word of God for me. His name is Keith. And what he said, he said, from, from Genesis 3 all the way through Revelation, I'll sum it up in three words. God chasing you. God chasing you. I tell our church at Meadows all the time, I tell them that, and I act like I came up with it, because they don't know, you know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> so God, sorry, he's like back there. He knows the deal. So, God chasing you. But I'm going to blow you away for a second here, because you may not know this. I didn't say your father chasing you, I said God chasing you. Why do I say that? Because God is God to all but he is not father to all. Pastor, what are you talking about? I mean, a, a father means that we're the child. To be a child means that you have the father. I agree with you 100%. Well, we're children of God. Well, some of you are. And some of you aren't. Just saying. God is God to all. He is only father to some. Remember the garden, right? Remember Jesus. Remember what sin does? Separates. So I'll put it a different way. When it comes to a family context, when we sin, and, and that would be all of us, when we sin, it separates us not only from God, but from God's family. So we become not his children, but we are orphans. See, we, we've been taught in some circles that the default is we're part of God's family. That's not the default. The default is you're not. Because you're born, you were born in a, with a sinful nature. You know this. I don't have to tell you this. Right? It's so funny. We, we blame Adam and Eve. Oh, they started it. And Pastor Key said it one time. He's like, well, if it's just all up to Adam and Eve and their fault, just fix it. Just stop sinning. I tried for like six minutes. Couldn't do it. So, I mean, it's like, all right, maybe it isn't just their fault. I can't do it either. Sin separates you from the family of God. Not everybody's a child of God. I know that sounds good on, on Instagram and, and Facebook. Oh, they, oh, they're a child of God. I wouldn't say that unless you know it. They have a God, and he's your God whether you recognize that or not. He is God to all. Whether you claim him, whether you believe, it don't, it don't matter. He is God to all. That, that cannot change. But he is only father to some. And this is why when he talks about being se separated from the family, separated from God, like Jesus had to be taken on sin, that the plan was to bring us back.
I'm going to give you a scripture. I love this. This is about God adopting you and I back into the family. Because when we're outside the family, we're not a child. I'm not a child. You're, you're a person. You're his creation. Yes, you are. You're just not his child. Because you're not in the family. And neither was I for most of my life. Listen to what Ephesians, listen to what Paul writes. Ephesians 1, 5, and 6. This was God's plan for you, by the way. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I love that. God's coming up with a plan. He's seen Adam and Eve. He's seen all the sin and destruction, and God's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And God, this feels good because we're going to bring them back, or at least I'm going to try to get them back in the fold. So we praise God for the glorious grace he poured out on us who belong to his dear son. The grace of those who belong, that means there's some that don't belong, right? So let, let's read it, the, you know, the, the, uh, the passion um, translation, not the passion, no, the message translation. I'm going to read that same thing. I just love how it flows. How blessed is God. What a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ. And he takes us to high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down the earth's foundation, well, he had you on his mind. And he had me on his mind. And he had us on his mind. I tell people, when Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, you were on his mind. I love it. You were on his mind. Let's finish it. You were on his mind. So he had us on his mind, and he settled on us as the focus of his love. To be made whole and holy in his love. Long, long ago he decided. Long, long ago he decided to adopt Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus. What pleasure he took planning it. Thank you, Father is right. So, so, so God, you decided to adopt us. Well, that means I'm adopted. No, it doesn't. It means he did his part. He's done his part. Like he, he signed the adoption papers, but you, if you've ever adopted a kid... You can go through the process. You can sign the papers. I've decided to adopt this little boy into my family. I've made that decision. Well, you know what? Unless that little boy shows up at your house and starts hanging out with you day in and day out, he ain't adopted. You can do your part. You can sign the paperwork. That's what God does. God says, I decided to adopt you. What I'm, what I'm telling you today, somebody, is he is pursuing you. He is pursuing you. He doesn't want to just be God to you or some authority figure. He wants to be your father. And the only way that can happen is through his son, Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. That's what he said. There is no other way. God chasing you. Thank you, God, for pursuing us. Thank you for wanting us. I don't even understand why you want anything to do with me. I don't get it. He's like, you don't have to get it. Just receive it. Let's go back to the garden and finish up. Jesus prays in the garden. God, is there any other way? There is no other way. Remember Jesus? Son, you're the only way. You're it. There is no plan B. And Jesus would get up and Jesus would be arrested. And he would be beaten, and he would be mocked, and he would, be go, he would go to trial, and he would be falsely accused. And he would carry a cross up a hill called Calvary. And they would stretch him out on the cross, and they would nail him to it. They would staple him to a cross and hang him up. There on the cross, Christ would hang for six hours, if you don't know. From nine to three. He would bleed. He would say some things to the Father, because there's the relationship. See, there's something that separates Christianity. People ask me as a pastor all the time, there's so many different religions, there's so many different denominations, and Hindu and Buddhist and all this stuff, and how do we know? You know, my first answer is, because, you know, you can debate, debate theology and all day long if you want. I have no desire. But I just tell people, listen, when I was driving down 41st Street in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, crying like a baby because I, I was dead, I was a corpse on the inside. I didn't cry out to Buddha. 
I didn't cry out to Muhammad, Allah. I didn't cry out to any other God. I cried out to Jesus Christ. See, that's how I know. But, there, but, but I can get the, the theological with you too. And I can tell you that after Jesus Christ died, and that was really not that big of a deal, thousands were crucified. Did you know that? Thousands were crucified for their rebellion against Rome. But one man was crucified because of our rebellion against God. So the difference between Jesus and the thousands and the difference between Christianity and every other religion is what happened later. They would take a dead body off a cross and they would put him in a tomb. Most of you, you've heard the story. What happened, the event that happened next is what defines who we are. It's it. If the event that happens next that I'm going to tell you about doesn't happen, we don't need to be here. We can pack up and go home and never gather again. It doesn't matter. But here's the thing. The event that I'm about to tell you about did happen. They put him in a tomb. And on the third day, some women went to the tomb. Here's the crazy thing. You're like, oh gosh, well Jesus said something was going to happen. They went there to celebrate. No, they didn't. That's how crazy it was. They, he was dead. They expected him to stay dead. That's what dead things do. They were going there to anoint a dead body. Did you know that? That's, that's how hopeless they felt in the moment. The women get to the tomb with their spices to anoint a dead body of a man named Jesus. And the stones rolled away and Jesus isn't there. So this is what would define Christianity more than any other religion. This one event. That when they showed up at the tomb... The man that was on the cross, the blood-stained cross that was put in the tomb was not there. Because three days later, Jesus Christ would break forth from the tomb, defeating sin, defeating death, defeating the devil. Why? So that you could be adopted into his family. So that you might have a, a relationship. It's why he did it. It's why he came. You're that valuable. I never believed it. I always thought I'm worthless. I keep doing the bad things I don't want to do. Maybe that's you today. And maybe this is just for you. I hope it is. You, you might even be thinking right now, I just thought about this. You might be listening right now as I say about God's purpose for your life and God's, God's chasing you. And you might be thinking, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm pursuing him. Yeah, I hear about this cross and this resurrection. I don't know if I believe all that. And I don't know if I want anything to do with that. Listen to me. You may not be pursuing God, but I can promise you this. Your God is pursuing you. Your God is chasing you. So much so that his son died for you. You can call on his name. Pastor Keith and I were talking in the back before I came out. To be, to be saved means you have the Holy Spirit in you. To be adopted back in the family means the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It's a miracle. And, and when you call on the name of Jesus Christ and you ask him to come into you and make you new, he'll do it. Ask him to forgive all the things you did last night. He already knows them. Ask him, he, he'll forgive you. And ask the Holy Spirit to come into you, he'll do it. But here, here's, here's, here's the problem. Many people will just stop at praying a prayer, and that's it. And it can't just stop there. See, that's not the end. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. It is a daily surrender, walking with Jesus. And I told Pastor Keith, I said, I think people miss the repentance piece. The first thing, when Peter preached the first gospel in Acts, they, they hear it for the first time as the Holy Spirit's come. And they're like, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? That was so good, Peter. What do we do? You know what he said? He said, well, get on your knees and pray this prayer and ask Jesus into your heart and then you're good. No, he didn't say that. Well, you know, you need to, you know, you need to check a box here and then you're good to go. No, he didn't say that. You know what Peter said? Repent. Turn from your sin. Turn, cooperate with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's so key. At Meadows Church in Omaha, we are a church. I, now, I want to be a church that leads people to Jesus, but we can't stop there. I want to lead people into repentance. That's my heart. 
I, 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 I prayed a salvation prayer 47 times, okay? Why would I do that? Because nothing was changing. Nothing changed. It's surrender to that relationship. That's the key. Some of you, you need to hear that. You keep praying prayers and nothing's happening. Surrender. Surrender to the Holy Spirit today. So Meadows were known, hopefully leading people to Christ and their God-given purpose, were known for um, reaching messed up people. God, we're reaching messed up people. There's a guy at our church. He is so messed up. But you know what we do? We give him a mic every week and he talks. I don't even get it. It's like, what are we doing? That dude's screwed up. But we're known to reach messed up people, I put. But you know what I want to be known for? Our prayer. Nothing happens without it. Pastor, what do we do? We're planning a church. What do we do? What would you do differently? Pray more. Oh, come on, pray. Right, come on, whatever. That's, no, you didn't hear me. Pray more. Pray more. Remember, breakthrough doesn't happen when your prayer gets answered. It happens when your prayer gets prayed. I want to be known for a house prayer. You know why I want to be known for that? Because Jesus said it. Your last scripture with you and I together, Matthew 21, 13. Jesus said to them, Scripture declares, my temple will be called what? A house of prayer. That's right. Celebrate church. You need to be a house of prayer. You need to be praying. You need to be trusting. You need to go to God. Know how much he loves you. Pray to God. Why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus even say that about a house of prayer? Because, because Jesus knew that prayer was the method that God chose to align our hearts with his. Right, right. Prayer is us accepting the rights and privileges as citizens of heaven. Prayer is declaring that our God is mighty and that he is our father. Oh, I came to tell somebody, prayer doesn't just prepare you for greater things. Come on, prayer is the greater thing. That's what God is calling you to do. I want to pray for you. It is a privilege to bring you the word of God. If you, if you haven't heard this through the message, I hope you have. God loves you. He loves you so much. Your job isn't the most important thing in your life. Your family isn't the most important thing in your life. God wants to be your father and have a relationship. That is the most important thing in your life. I pray you don't leave here until you know that you know that you know that he is not just a God. He is not just your God, but he is your father. And when you have the father, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, oh my gosh, you can't. You, I tell people, well, how do I know I'm saved? They'll ask me, have you changed? If you're the same person you were a year ago, the Holy Spirit is not in you. That can, I, that can, hurt, that can hurt to hear sometimes, because that was, but that was my story, so I know. If your salvation hasn't changed you, your salvation hasn't saved you. I love you so much. I love bringing the word of God to you. God loves you so much more. Let me pray for you, pray a blessing over you, and pray the most, my, my biggest prayer for, every time I pray for our church, I'm gonna do the same thing for you. You know, you know what my biggest prayer is? God, Holy Spirit, help them do what you're telling them to do. I love to inspire you. I love to motivate you. But if that's all that ever happens, it's just noise. It doesn't matter. I'm, I want you to move. I want you to change. I want that so much for you. Don't live like I live most of my life, declaring Jesus in your head. But, but he's not in your heart. There's no relationship. He, he, Jesus didn't die for that. He died that you might have abundant life. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray for Celebrate Church. I pray for the thousands and thousands watching and listening online. I pray for the thousand plus that are in the room. Father, I am, I am boldly uh, asking your Holy Spirit to truly move in the hearts of people. I can't change people. Pastor Keith, we can't do it. We, we do not have that power. Only you have that power, God. Your Holy Spirit, my biggest prayer is that, that we would listen and do whatever you're telling us to do. People are going to pray together before we leave here today, Father. People are going to be praying with the prayer team. God, I tell my church, do not leave. You're in church. Do not leave church. If you need prayer, 
That, that's insane that you would leave a place that's known for prayer, need prayer, and then leave without getting prayer. God, I pray that doesn't happen today. There's too much love here for that to happen. There's too much Holy Spirit here for that to happen. Father, have your way. Bless our pastor. Bless this congregation. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we don't know more, but that we would do more in your name. If we do, the world will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray, and we all say, would you do me a favor and give God a shout of praise because you love him and he's moving and he's working. God, we love you so much, Father. We thank you so much, Father. You are king. You are glorious. You are good. I love you so much. God loves you so much. I can't hear somebody. Can you get louder? Can you get louder? Can you get louder? I said he loves you. I said he died for you. I said he's moving. Give him praise. He loves you. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.